This is Founders Talk. I'm your host, Adam Stukoviak, and this show is all about awesome, in-depth, one-on-one conversations with founders. This is episode number 39, recorded August 1st, 2012, and today's guest is Sam Sophis, back again for part two. He's the founder of Nothing Magical and the maker of Cheddar. Enjoy the show. Welcome back, everybody. We're we're back with Sam Sophus. He he's the the famous guy from the last show. He's the famous guy of this show. So Sam is back. How you doing, Sam? <laughs> doing well. Thanks for having me again. The, the famous guy. I like that. <laughs> I'll sh- I should use that. You've become more and more famous, though, I would say. Um, I mean, I guess that's good. I don't I don't really know. So you know, we talked heavily in the last show. So part one, if you haven't listened to it, go back to to 5x5 or scroll back in your index on Instacast or whatever you listen to this podcast in and uh, check out the previous show because it'll probably give you some insights to what we're going to talk about in this show. So I probably wouldn't listen to this one first if, if you're listening to this now. But uh, in the previous show, Sam, we talked quite a bit about your past. We even pulled out some very personal topics, which I think in your blog post that you posted today about being back on the show you said that was like the first time you talked about like personal things of your life in in that to that degree. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I wrote that that blog post um, four years like last year, I guess, and it like touched on it. That was the first I'd even like ever mentioned ever, and uh, so this is the the next time I've really talked about it at length. So, and the yeah. the the link he's mentioning is in the show notes for part one, so you can check that out there. I'm pretty sure it's there. If not. Um, I think it's your about page, isn't it, Sam? Or how do you, what is that, uh, that kind of, uh, biography you've written about yourself? Yeah, it's just a blog post from a while ago. Um, just called four years. So I'm sure that if you like, search four years and Sam Sophis on Google, you'll find that. So indeed, happy searching everybody. If it's not in the show <laughs> notes. All right. So let's get down to the show. I mean, uh, we're, we got you back on the show. You're the, I guess we should call you the designer and the developer at Nothing Magical now, right? Because you've taken on a brand new title recently. Yeah, I kind of went through all my social networks and changed. Like before, I was just like, you know, iOS engineer or whatever. I it was what I'd use, and lately I've been using um, developer and designer. Putting developer first was like intentional because I think I'm not really that great of a designer, but I do spend a lot of time designing things. So I figured I should. I don't know. Put it in my title. Well, that's the best way to do it, right? I mean, you say it yourself uh, best. We'll talk a bit more about this topic later, but, you know, kind of learn by doing is also just um, to be that, you kind of have to start calling yourself that, right? It's almost the same to the same degree. Indeed. Yeah. So you can't be something you don't uh, admit to yourself that you are. Yeah. And sometimes all it is is a title that that takes to, to do that. So let's... I mean, we, we talked at length about a lot of different topics uh, in the past show, and, and I think the reason why we're doing this part two really is just to kind of dive into more of the the inner workings of what you've been doing recently with Cheddar. I know you've had some, I wouldn't say it's, you know, drama, but you've had some opportunities that have jumped up at you. You've, um, you know, I'm assuming that business has been better. I mean, the first two weeks you did, what, $2,100 in in revenue, which is not bad, but, uh, have, has that jumped quite heavily? Yeah, definitely. Um, I just looked and my credit card alone is $2,200. So like more revenue comes from iTunes 
and I haven't looked at that today, but um, yeah, I, I would assume it's almost double what it was last time for like total. Um, so yeah, I think I mean like my uh, my little graph here is going up, which is awesome. That's good. So, I mean, going up is good, right? Yeah, it, it seems like whenever. I do an announcement of some sort or blog post or go on a podcast or whatever. Like I'll get a big spike in usage and users and then it kind of like falls off a little bit. And then whenever there's a the next thing, it like peaks back up. Um, so I guess the, <laughs> the lesson there is I should always be podcasting. Yeah, there you go. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was kind of like trickling off and then I open source cheddar for iOS two days ago and like, you know, I, I, had like 10% growth in one day, which was like huge. Um, and then it kind of, it's trickling off a little bit. It's still like way higher than it was last week, you know, and I would assume in a, in a week or so it'll fall back to, you know, more flat until I do another announcement. So since we're talking about numbers and stuff, I mean, I think the one thing we didn't really dive in deep enough in the last show, I think we, I don't think we mentioned price at all. And your your application Cheddar is extremely, I would say, you know, affordable to most people. I mean, two bucks a month, or what is it, six bucks for three months for your your services? Yeah, so it's just two dollars a month, or twenty for the year. But on iOS, you can't do reoccurring subscriptions, so I have to make you pay like in chunks. So it's like six dollars for three months you know three times two is it tough to explain Um, that to people like just normal app users so aside from understanding oh ios works this way i mean is it difficult to as a developer to kind of explain that kind of stuff to your users yeah i mean some people email me like hey i really don't want to have to like worry about it i'd rather you just like automatically build me in three months i was like no i i know i I want to but i can't if you do it in the app and in the app i'm not allowed to like promote doing it on the website like due to apple's terms um, it's pretty unfortunate. I don't really have a, like, so basically in three months when the first set of subscriptions expire, I need to like email everyone and like, Hey, you need to upgrade and like handle that in the app. And I haven't, haven't done that. I haven't even built that yet. Cause like I have another month or so to go, um, or two months, I guess. So like, it'll be, I'm sure it'll be annoying. I wonder if like, when I email people when their subscriptions up, if I can kind of like, Hey, if you do this on the website, you don't have to like get these emails again. And cause I give, I make way more money if they do it on the website. So I don't know. We'll see. I don't want to like break Apple's rules, but you know, it's a terrible experience for the user and they don't really give you another option. So, well, the app is, is free, right? I mean, so you're what you're paying 30% right. to Apple for your recurring revenue that might happen on inside the app. Right. Yeah. All money you take, Via the App Store, they get thirty percent of. So that includes in-app purchases. So does the website? I'm just kind of curious. This is a little bit of a technical question. So does the website do different transactions than the in-app? Yeah. So I use um, Stripe, which Stripe.com, and they're a really spectacular like payment processor. Like if you're taking money on the website, it's oh, it's it's amazing. Anyway, they charge two point nine percent plus thirty cents per transaction. So on like one ninety nine. That's like a ton of money, which is unfortunate. Um, but on like larger things, like if I sell T-shirts or if you buy a year, I, I do pretty well compared to, um, you know, iTunes. Well, let's 
Let's dive a little deeper into, I guess, exactly the business model. I mean, the business model isn't exactly your rate sheet for what you charge for the app. I mean, let's talk about the long term. So let's let's be quite real here. So you just came from Hipstomatic. So if you if you're just catching up with this and you decided to continue listening and go back and listen to part one, you know, <laughs> you'll learn that Sam worked at Hipstomatic. He's a good, uh, well experienced iOS developer, so he gets paid well. So he's obviously making a good income, but then he decides to do his own thing. In in lieu of enjoyment of life, which is totally a good thing, but I got to imagine you've got expenses, you've got different things, and you know how do you how do you manage what the di- direction of this business is doing? I guess in in particular, Cheddar, since it's your first product, how do you manage the direction and, and revenue direction in lieu of uh, you know the income you actually have to make? Because you are a one man army, right? Yeah. So I sat down the other day with with a friend. And we went through, here's all my personal expenses. Here's all like nothing magical expenses and like users and started doing projections based on like what I think will happen basically. And, um, have all my expenses and the company expenses kind of all together. So I can kind of see like, okay, I need basically if I can get 50,000 users and my conversion to plus stays the same, then I'll have enough people pains where I can like live on it and like be totally fine. Um, and kind of like everywhere in between. And, you know, if I add team plans, then how that changes things. And I don't know, it's a little scary. Like I just sold a bunch more Apple stock. All my savings is an Apple stock. Um, and I, I sold like, you know, five figures of Apple stock and, uh, it's going to go quick because my rent is ridiculous in San Francisco. Um, so I don't know. I have like one more big chunk of Apple to sell that I'll probably have to do in a couple months. And then once that runs out, I'm, I'm done. So um, hopefully I'll, I don't know. According to my projections, I should be okay in October. So I, I need to hurry up and finish some things. <laughs> so with, with all that in mind, you know, you said you got into this game because you wanted to focus on not just being an engineer. You wanted to actually focus on building something, a product. And so now you're in this private development role where you got, you know, you you run the company, you're developing a product, but you've also got revenue constraints that you're kind of adhering to. So you have to do certain things to be able to create revenue. But that does that always line up with the direction you really want to take the product? Yeah, I mean, so like I've seen earlier, like announcements and such really drive growth. And product announcements are exciting it. Like in general. So, you know, I have like, okay, I need to make a way to see the archive because everyone wants this, even though it's a really stupid feature. (laughs) Um, Like you deleted your task. You don't need it. Like it's archive. I'm saying archive for technical reasons because it's a paranoid delete and not like, yeah, I hadn't planned on adding art, like to see things you've deleted for like a super long time. I never go back and look what I've deleted. I just forget them. I think people like because they can't have it. They like, oh, I want this. And like, anyway, that's really annoying. So that's like on my list, and I think people will be excited. And a lot of people are like, I'm gonna upgrade once I can see this. And like, I don't know. I love when users give ultimatums for features. Like, it's like, okay, well, like, thank you for threatening me. I'm gonna keep doing what I was doing. <laughs> um, but anyway, so there's that, and Shutter for Mac is next. And I think last time I said I'd have a beta in like a couple weeks yeah. and it's still, uh, not there. Oh, I've been busy. No, open sourcing cheddar for iOS actually took more time than you'd expect. Um, 
and I've been working on some web fixes and um, a lot of different things. So I haven't really had a lot of time to spend on it yet. Um, but hopefully in a couple of weeks, we'll see. Um, but anyway, that's like the next big thing. And I think that'll drive revenue a lot because I already have some really high profile tech blogs that said they wanted to do a piece on it. Um, so I don't know. I'm kind of not really worried. I'm not like super focused on revenue. Like that's not the, that's not, I really don't look at it that often. Like today was the first time I looked to see how much income I've had since I think the last time we talked. Um, I'm pretty much just like heads down on these are the features that need to happen to make the product better. And just making it better in general makes people happy and making people happy is more conversions, which is more money. So I kind of, I guess I'm far away enough from my like end of money that I'm not like super focused on it. But I think is, is good because I can make better decisions for like what's better for the product and not better for my wallet. Um, but I mean, I, I would assume as, as time starts running out, I'll be more focused on, on that. I don't know. It'd be interesting to see. It's a tough rope to walk. Honestly. I mean, it takes, it takes some courage and, you know, I, I commend you for doing it. I totally have faith that you can pull this off. I, I know that you got all the right skills and you've certainly gained the right kind of design chops to, to, to make it work. So, I mean. Let's just, uh, you know, keep going and cross our fingers, right? <laughs> yeah, thanks. So aside from crossing our fingers, let's let's talk in, about one number you mentioned in this past segment just now. You'd mentioned if you got 50,000 users. Yeah, are you able to talk about how many users you have now and what the, what the chasm is between those two? Sure. I haven't actually like told anyone except the last time I was on Tanner's Talk, so <laughs> I guess I'll, I'll say, say it again. again. I'm at... Um, 14,949 right now. Well, that's so pretty accurate. Almost 15,000. Um, it'll be 15,000 by the end of the day, I would assume. Um, What's, so, uh, what kind of velocity do you have? Like, how many are you getting per day? Do you, do you do any sort of metrics against, you know, users per day and what impacts that? Currently, no. I, I haven't spent a lot of time on my, um, like, data collection and stuff yet. Um, I want to add mix panel so I can have pretty graphs of all yeah. my stuff but i just i'm doing a lot of stuff i haven't made time to inter- integrate it yeah we're uh at pure charity this is a side note but at pure charity we're also looking at mixed panel because we want to make sense of some of our data and the reviews we've seen of it and the stuff we've seen about it is you know just gives you lots of ways to dive deep into your data so we're we're excited to do you know learning based on data yeah mixed panel looks really great i mean i'd rather like do it myself and have a nice pretty custom solution but um because they're pretty expensive i mean i would definitely have to get the middle plan which is like several hundred dollars a month is that um, the well the first plan is 150 a month so is it the one above that i believe so because they have a free plan i believe it's, it gives you around fifty thousand. i believe it's so you get twenty five thousand for the free plan yeah. five hundred thousand for the 150 and two million for 350 um, I'm pretty confident I'd, I'd get past 500,000 pretty quickly. Um, I don't know. Cause I, I basically want to track like all the API calls from all the clients, pretty much everything ever. So I can see, you know, like which third party apps are being used or how the iOS apps being used or 
you know, track conversions from signups on iOS versus web. Like I want to track pretty much everything and that's like a lot of data points. So I don't know. I just haven't spent the time to integrate it because I'm busy. <laughs> yeah. I'm doing a lot of things. So like yesterday I didn't really do anything except review pull requests for Cheddar for iOS, which was awesome. But and today I haven't written any code. Um, wow, it's a no code so day. So, yeah. Well, I, I want to talk about the open sourcing of Cheddar. Um, so we'll hold that thought for, and we'll talk about some of the things you're reviewing and what, what the impact is to Cheddar iOS. Um, but I'm I'm still kind of curious. So you, just in terms of, and I don't want to make you worry because I don't want you to come on this podcast and be like, oh. I didn't realize really that you know fourteen thousand to fifty thousand. That's a big. It's a big gap. What do I do in between here? And I got October, and I got these, you know, needs and this different stuff. But you know, have you? What kind of things have you thought about how to get people to help you or, or help you build a tribe? So people who use Cheddar who want to share Cheddar with other people and say, you know, I use Cheddar. It's really simple. It's really easy. It's affordable. Whatever the reasons are, how are you incentivizing people to help you get to that number? So, and by the way, I've only been out 33 days or 30 something days. So like 15,000 pretty, pretty, that's a lot. Yeah. I'm pretty happy with it. But as far as everything else goes, like if you have plus there's like special stuff on the account screen that's like, Hey, thank you. Like it'd be awesome if you tweet this, um, you know, um, I haven't really spent a lot of time. I mean, I'd like to build some sort of like. If you refer someone and they sign up, like, I'll give you something free. Um, you know, there's a lot of things I can do to improve my conversion, but I haven't really had time to to work on those things. I mean, I, those are all important, but I think right now getting, like, a couple features that everyone's, like, super, like, really wants is kind of my top priority. And then once I kind of get shared for Mac and all these little features like wrapped up that everyone wants on all the platforms. And I can kind of like step back for a minute and optimize some things or start on the next big project, which is sharing or, or whatever. So I don't know. I haven't really spent a lot of time on, on that. Um, I guess one thing I did was if you have a twitter.com or github.com email address, you get a free account for life um, with the hopes that those people would share how great cheddar is because those people are like huge influencers, at least in the tech community and people in the tech community in general are influencers of, you know, the rest of the internet. So, um, it has, they, not a lot of people signed up. I, I don't think I did a good job telling people that work at those companies about it. Um, but I don't know. That was one thing I tried. It worked okay. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that because I was I was bummed that PureCharity dot com wasn't on a list for one. So I mean that, <laughs> that that I put a front on my face as soon as I saw that. But uh, nonetheless, I don't I don't uh, actually I have an account with with uh, Cheddar and I don't I don't uh, use the paying plan yet. So I, I'm still kind of cool with two. Uh, two has two has worked out for me. So I hope you don't don't get upset about that either. No, it's fine. I mean, I've had a couple people like, hey, I was paying and I honestly just don't need more than two. So like, I love your service, but I just don't need to pay. And I was like, no, that's fine. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, for a while I had, I was going to do like 20 or 10 and then I was five and then I was like, okay, I'll make it two. Cause it's like, I don't know. Um, and for a while it was one, but I wanted you to have the experience of like creating a list 
so you know like what you're missing out on, I guess. And before I had a really fancy like cool design for creating lists, and then it, I cut it because I didn't have time to finish it. Um, anyway, I don't know. There's definitely things I can do to improve the conversion because like right now a lot of people don't even know Cheddar Plus exists because they only have two lists and don't even don't even know. So in the next iOS update, I'm going to add a little more messaging and on the website. And um, I don't know. There's a lot of things I can do to optimize. I just need to make time for. Well, let's talk about uh, making time. So when you look at and you said the reason why you're not doing those things and you're not focusing on, on optimization is because you don't have time and you have uh, higher priorities. How do you as a sole person that runs this product, what do you what? I don't really know how to word it exactly, but you know, what do you, <laughs> I'll stumble over my words just a bit more here. Sorry about that. But you know, what do you, what kind of information do you use? That's, that's the word I was looking for. What information do you use to, to set priority on, you know, what you should be working on and what you should work on next, considering the fact that, you know, you're a sole dude doing this. You obviously know your business as well as financial constraints and the direction you want to take their product. So how do you make those choices? Yeah, that's good. Um, I start every day and finish every day doing support. So any tweet or text message or um, phone call, even though one person's called, but um, or email is all like into the same place. And I just go through all of them, you know, it, definitely when I could get up and go to bed and sometimes in the middle of the day. Um, so it's really great to hear from everyone, like, you know, tweets saying how much they love it or emails saying they have this problem or or whatever. So it's kind of like, I don't really have, I I remember 37 signals saying this a long time ago, but when they got feature requests, they didn't write them down anywhere. They just like, okay. And then when they were like, Hey, we need to make a new feature. They're like, Oh yeah, we should do this because a lot of people asked for it. Um, you know, versus like writing down every little thing and trying to do every little feature that everyone requests, you know? So basically if you hear it often enough, it sticks in your mind. And when it comes time to think about new features, Use your memory. Yeah, I mean, I have a cheddar list with all the stuff. Um, if it's like a, something I haven't heard before, I'll write it down just in case. Like, oh, maybe I want to work on that, you know, or some of them was like, oh, no one's asked for that, but I really like that feature. I'm going to add it. Um, like tag auto completion, um, which is pretty much done. I need to deploy it on the web. I, um, anyway, so I don't know. I kind of just like, you know, okay, this week, like almost all of my email besides like, actual support has been about people wanting to look at the archive. So it's like, <laughs> fine, I need to work I'll on this thing. I'll give it to you. So, um, I don't know. That's kind of how, kind of how I do it. And then I'll kind of jump back and forth between like, okay, there's no bugs on the web right now. Like I haven't had like an error in my monitoring in a while. Like everything's pretty happy. Like, okay, I'll go work on Cheddar for Mac or whatever else or Cheddar for iOS I don't really have, like, a formal way, I guess. I just kind of, like, whatever I'm motivated to work on. And that seems to work out pretty well because, you know, if I'm not motivated to work motivated to work on Cheddar for Mac, like, I just won't get anything done. And if I go switch to the web, I can knock out a bunch of features right away, you know, if that's what I feel like working on that day. So, I don't know. It's, it's uh, I guess I don't really have a way to do it. I just kind of do whatever I want, and it works out pretty well, I guess. So you're winging it pretty much. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know what I'm doing, but uh, it's good it's to admit. Good. I mean, it's good to be transparent. I think that might even be why you know people are rooting for you to to see this thing through. 
Yeah, I mean, it's funny people tweet that Cheddar has good support. I don't think they know it's like just me, and it's like, well, I mean, I don't know if it's like good support. I mean, I just like reply to everyone, like, you know, if it's in English, right? I I, I don't usually take the time to do ones that aren't in English, which is kind of rare, a couple of day, but. I don't know. I mean, if making everyone feel heard and just being honest about what I'm doing seems to work out really well. And, you know, more and more, I try not to give timelines ever because, you know, things will happen and I won't finish. Like, so. like coming on Funner's Talk, uh, part one of your <laughs> interview and talking about Mac, uh, the, the Mac app coming out and it's, you know, not here. Yeah, well, I mean, so I actually have one, and it's kind of usable, but it's definitely not up to my standards where I would even, like, want to give it out as, like, a super terrible alpha. Um, so I'm kind of just holding off because I want it to be great, like, the rest of Cheddar, and right now it's just really terrible. Well, what what would change? Uh, I don't know if we can dive into this one that, that much deep, but let's keep this in shallow. But what would change between what happens on Cheddar for the web versus the Mac app? Like, how much of, you know, being a Mac app, does it enhance that, the actual experience of using it? So it's a lot more similar to the iPad app than it is the website. Um, it's kind of like the iPad app that looks like, only like it looks like a Mac app and not some silly thing like RDO or something that doesn't look like a Mac app, but um, with keyboard shortcuts and like just like animations and you know, better drag and drop and I don't know. It just feels native and it's really great. Like comparing, well, I mean, not right now it's not really great, but it will be really great. Um, Versus like the web feels like a website and it just doesn't really feel that good. I don't know. I don't know. Like I don't use Twitter.com at all. I use you know, Twitter for Mac or Tweetbot for Mac. Yeah. And like that's such a better experience, even though it's doing the same thing. Even though some of them do less as the actual website. I guess what I was thinking of with the web is that, you know, because I'm actually one of those guys that uh, that uses Cheddar for the web um, when I'm on my desktop, but I use it with Fluid. So I create a Fluid app with it, and I used your icon you provided in your – I think it, it's actually – you can just set it via Fluid because you, you were preparing for that. but and And it works out fine for me because it's a to-do list, and I think, you know, when we look at Cheddar, it's simple for a reason, and – and I have my keyboard, so I can do hashtags for you know really easy because it's you know just like anything else would be if you have a keyboard. But I don't know, I, did, I just didn't think it needed to have this full on Mac app, anyways. Yeah, I mean, I definitely see like that side of it. And for a while, I was going to make more of a web view, basically like a more formal, fluid app, right? It's just, it's just a web view, right? Kind of, I mean, like the audio app, you know, it's just a web view. Um, but I don't know. I, I feel like the whole Cheddar ecosystem is all about, you know, excellence and simplicity. And the Mac app, a native Mac app can be so much better than a web view. Um, that was like really important to me. And a lot of people have, you know, replied and like, hey, I'm so happy you're doing that. Like, it's going to be really great and I can't wait to use it. Um I know Mark Jardine tweeted he was excited about it, and that totally like made my day. Um, the the Tapbots designer, yeah, yeah. he's um, actually been on the show before. Yeah, I remember I, I listened to that one. Um, so, so yeah, I don't know. It's just kind of. I mean, 
I haven't done a Mac app in since like, gosh, like 2006 or something. So it's been a um, while. Yeah, I'm excited to like do something new and and learn and um, I don't know. It's good. We'll earmark that learning topic for a, a bit later in the show, but uh, I want to turn left and talk about open source because in the last show you talked about you might open source Cheddar for iOS, and since then you have open sourced it, and it's at your uh, company's GitHub, which is Nothing Magical. So if you go to github.com slash Nothing Magical, you'll see the, the stuff that Sam's working on there for his company, and one of those happens to be Cheddar iOS. Yeah, I almost didn't do it. Um Someone was talking to me briefly about wanting to buy Cheddar. So I was like, well, I shouldn't do it because it'll make Cheddar less valuable and, um, you know, whatever. And then I was going to like, I talked with a friend about maybe him being a co-founder and then he didn't because whatever. And I was like, okay, well, now that like all that's settled down and it hasn't happened, like it's just me. So I'm going to open source it because I want help and because I feel like it'd be really cool and it's a good source of sample code. So people can like learn from it, just learning as by, by example, as an iOS developer in general, or, you know, how to make a great app around cheddar or whatever else. So, so yeah, I just pulled the trigger and did it. I don't know if it's like a bad business decision, but whatever it's done. So let's hope not. Uh, some parts of the, the readme that, that made me, want to dive a little deeper on this was just some things you say in your license uh, or in the in your readme you say uh, your licensing is a simplified BSD license and you know while it's not totally forbidden to take this exact app and do something else with it like redistribute it or even charge for it or do something else there is charging in that in that uh, clause is there anything about charging for it, but you can redistribute the app so with BSD with the specific one that I have you can do whatever you want. You just can't use my company name or this product's name in your marketing. It's like, I think the only restriction. So, so much. you could take the exact same thing and, you know, change a couple colors, change the name and sell it. I mean, honestly, if you did, didn't even change the name or anything and just put it out there, like, I mean, I don't have the legal, you know, force to do anything about it. Like, you know, it would be very expensive for me to hire a lawyer and, you know, come at you. So, I mean, I mean, I was, so I was looking at all these other licenses and like, basically like, Hey, if you contribute anything, like I own it and being very specific about that. And like, you can't redistribute this or sell it or do anything with it. It's just like here, you can look at it and you can help if you want. And I own that. But, um, a couple people were like, you know what, if you're going to make it open source, like make it open source, like the whole point of open source stuff is it's free and open. And it's like, yeah, you're right. So I just picked like, all right, we'll just use BSD and the simplified one. Cause like there's a bunch of complicated ones. Like screw it. We'll use the simplified one. And like, it's do whatever you want. Like if you want to be a jerk, fine, be a <laughs> jerk, but please don't, you know? And already someone on, on hacker news was like, Hey, I'll just take out the cheddar part and just use like, locally on my phone and now I don't have to pay and I can do whatever I want. And I was like, okay, fine. Like have at it, you know, like, right. I don't know. Right. If that's your thing, then, you know, yeah, that's not your customer, man. You don't want him as your customer anyways. He's better off taking your code base and doing his own thing because he would send you crappy support requests and stupid yeah. features and probably would have a failing credit card or something like that. And, <laughs> you know, make your life uh hell in other ways. 
that's that's kind of, I'm just you know I'm not worried about this, but I just think that like you know you do have an open door, but I think the internet, at least in the community you talked about, which was you know the early adopters, you know you mentioned Twitter and GitHub. If you have that, um, you know after your ad sign for your email address, then you get um, to use Cheddar for free. Yep. You know, I did want to ask a question about that. I'll, I'll hold on that one for a second. But, you know, if you're going that route, we do kind of um, surface around an audience of people in that community, in the developer tech, you know, early adopter community or geeky community, I guess you could even say. That, you know, we're like, we're not exactly all do-gooders, but we don't want to screw anybody over. And that would be a blatant screw Sam over kind of move. So whoever would do that to try to like take revenue away from you, because that's what you're really concerned about, not taking your code, but yeah, you know, misuse of it to impact your revenue uh, path and the overall impact of Cheddar the product, right? I mean, that's what you're really concerned about, not so much the code. Yeah, and the code is open for that reason. I don't care what you do with it. I just, you know, prefer you to do something, you know, if you're grateful for it, then like, you know, buy a t-shirt or, you know, spread the word about Cheddar on Twitter would be awesome, you know? Um, or if you want to help me, then great. But, you know, like, if you want to be a jerk, like, that sucks, but I can't do anything about it, you know? Um, That's pretty funny. I mean, so if you do want to do something unique with Cheddar and you don't want to have a paying version of it because you don't need to and you want to sport this awesome bright orange t-shirt with bright white letters, then you can you can totally rock it for 22 bucks. I mean... <laughs> do it right who doesn't have 22 bucks to give you if they're gonna you know utilize your code or learn from your code that's like you know getting to learn i mean i'm sure the ss toolkit's in it right i mean you're using all yeah, of yeah. your good stuff in there so that's like that's getting a chance it's almost doing your play-by-play like jeffrey grosenbach does with with peep code right you can it's not the full-on play-by-play but you can you can do something with this code that would be kind of neat if you did with uh what steve Klabnik has done in the past where he would like to show his terminal session for like an hour and walk you through whatever he's working on. And if you watch it, you watch it. If you don't, you don't, then it could be like a, a nice way to, to do something fun around your code base to even put more drama around it and, and more education cool. around it. I should definitely do that. Um, yeah. So the, the question I wanted to ask you about the, you know, after the ad symbol of the email addresses being Twitter or GitHub, um, did you get any backlash about having favoritism towards certain people? No, I mean, a couple people emailed me. He's like, hey, I work at Uber. I'd really like to, you know, get a free account. Or, like, someone was like, oh, yeah, the people at GitHub and Twitter really need free stuff. You know, like. Right. It's like, oh, uh, yeah. That's what I was thinking. Uh, <laughs> they don't I really mean, need free stuff. I don't know. No one was really. I mean, a bunch of people were like, oh, this is really smart. Um, it is smart. So, like, Kyle Bragger from, he, he founded Forest. He was tweeting like, "Hey, like this is genius. Like, I'm, I want to know how this works out." And I was like, "Like, thanks so much. I'm a big fan. Like, yeah. this is awesome." Um, and a couple people going back to like people being jerks, like, "Hey, I just signed up and I don't work at Twitter. Like, you should really like verify email addresses." And I was like, "Yeah, please don't be a jerk. If you want to steal from me, fine. But right, like, whatever. I'm not gonna go out of my way. I don't know. Like, the whole like with all that in general, it's just like, how annoying am I gonna make it for you to steal from me?" You know, and it's like, I'd rather you just like not be a jerk and I don't have to worry about it. But if it's like a problem, I'll, you know, address it. But if it's just like one guy that wants to steal from me, then fine. Like, be a jerk. So be it, right? I mean, it would probably be more of a waste of time for you to hunt that person down than it would actually, you know, help you out. So, yeah. 
That's uh, but, you mentioned Kyle Breger. So for the listeners that are listening to this show, he's he's another person that Sam mentioned that's also been on this show. So uh, forget which episode it is, but you can go back in the Founders Talk archives and and hear about uh, Kyle. This is just before they uh, sold or got acquired. I'm not sure which one it was. I think it's the same thing, right? To uh, yeah. to color lovers though. So it was just before that. So there's no mention of that whatsoever, and we didn't even talk about it. Awesome. I'll have to go back and listen to that. I haven't heard that one. Yeah, Kyle's Kyle's had a a fun life. Let's let's just say that. He's he's a cool dude. I enjoyed chatting with him and a lot of people listen to that show and loved it cuz, you know, who doesn't love what he's done at Forest and he's done unique things, you know. This is totally a side topic, but he's always been compared, you know, Forest has always been compared to to Dribble in a lot of ways. And there's a lot of ways they differentiated themselves because they weren't trying to be drill. It just happened that they both came out around the same time with similar ideas. But uh, he's done so much cool stuff and has grown so much as a person and, you know, so much in the community, too. It's like it was really awesome having him on the show. Yeah, he's fantastic. I was tweeting, like, I was thinking about getting funding. I wasn't really sure, like, what I was going to do. And he was like, hey, email me and, like, you know, gave me some advice. And, um, yeah, he's been awesome. So... So I guess speaking of funding, you mentioned that uh, you mentioned yourself that you might have been seeking to be bought or somebody tried to buy. I'm not really sure what the, the exact story is, but you know, are you looking for funding? Are you looking to get bought? What's what's the plan? I'm definitely not looking to get bought. I mean, well, maybe I don't know. Like, if someone wants to just give me a stupid amount of money, then like, yeah, that'd be awesome. Like, I'll go take a bunch of money and go work on something else without the financial pressure of what I'm doing now. But, um, you know, like that's definitely not the goal of Cheddar is to like, you know, get acquired. Like, like a lot of startups, like the whole point is to like, hopefully Google buys us or Facebook or, you know, like it's like I make money. I don't really like, that's not my business model and business model is to charge for something like, uh, startups (laughs) wear me out anyway. Like, so like, Funding would be great because I want to hire some friends to work on it with me because I'm tired of working by myself. Like, it's getting lonely. It's a, so, yeah, you're like on an island, right? Yeah, I mean, I left my apartment today solely to mail T-shirts that people bought. And I haven't left my apartment in the last several days except to go to the mailbox, um, which is nice. It's a couple blocks away. I can, like, get outside for a couple minutes. But anyway, uh, yeah, I mean, the the idea of funding is interesting but like, I wouldn't really want to take it if someone wants to invest in Cheddar because, you know, they'll, they'll force me to focus on growing it as big as possible and like trying to get it up to make a big exit so someone can acquire it. Like that's most VCs like model, and I'd rather like someone invest in nothing magical and the team I build to like make great products because I have like a couple other things I'm really excited to work on once Cheddar can like sustain itself and I can take time to work on you know, the next thing. Um, so that's just a tough fit. I think most VCs probably like wouldn't like trust some kid to like not lose all their money. I don't know. Um, that's an interesting perspective though that you had there, which is not to, you know, try to buy cheddar or something like that, but to instead, you know, become a part of what nothing magical can be because, I don't want to downplay what you've done with Cheddar with, you know, the product itself at all, but I'll say it like this because this is kind of just the the easiest way I can think of it is that if, if you've done something as well as you have with Cheddar, which is a very simple app, 
in a very saturated, low-cost market. If you've done what you've done here, imagine what you could do with something that has something a lot more, I guess, valuable behind it. Yeah. And they can make a lot more money. Yeah, I mean, Shredder, I wanted to make something consumer-facing because that's, like, if I tell my friends, like, they're excited about that. Versus if I'm making some, like, enterprise product, like, no one cares, right? Um, but, yeah, I mean, a, a to-do app's stupid, right? Like, anyone can make a to-do <laughs> I app. I think it's funny when you say that, though, because it's, like, self-deprecating. You're like, what I'm building is stupid, in a sense. It's so silly. I mean, like, it's a to-do list. Like, they're not hard. Granted, there's not any good ones that I like, so, like, I'll make one, and people seem to like it. So, all right. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I'm definitely not passionate about, like, productivity software. That's not, like... I don't get up in the day to like make a to-do list. I get up and like I get up so I can make a cool product that people are excited about. And I'd rather make a much more interesting product that can, you know, service even more people. Um but right now like Cheddar is my product and that's what I'll be working on for the next several months unless something changes. So there was only one um one thing I wanted to talk about with Cheddar iOS being open source before we uh, dive away from that. Um, it, it was mostly around um, the product itself. What kind of impact have you seen to Cheddar directly from open sourcing it? Like you'd mentioned sitting on pull requests or waking up in the morning and the first thing you do is do support and some of that's you know looking at pull requests and whatnot. So I mean, how much impact has come from the community that's now touched that? And how long has it been open source? Like what, three days now or so? Yeah, this is day three. Day three. So... Um, yeah, it's been spectacular. I like, before I open sourced it, I put in my, my cheddar list of like features and bugs into GitHub issues. So it's easier to work with like from code. And by the way, that's something I want to do down the road is like have a cheddar list sync with other things like Basecamp or GitHub. Anyway, it's kind of a fun thing. I need to figure out how to do well, but Anyway, I just added all my stuff and kind of like went to bed and woke up yesterday and someone had fixed like added two features that I had on there, fixed a couple bugs and like someone else had fixed another bug and it was like, this is amazing. Like I hadn't even like one of the features that this guy implemented, like I had planned on probably cutting because I wasn't going to have time to do it and he like implemented it and it was like, great like i merged it in and it all worked and i was like this is amazing like i was i tweeted yesterday like 38 percent of the commits in the last two days are from people i've never met and they're like helping me build this product yeah. that i'm living off of i like that it's, tweet. that was, was a good tweet so great like he actually replies like well we met for like two seconds at wwdc he's like oh well uh thank you thank you, thank you. yeah <laughs> sweet we did the on his face so i couldn't right. i didn't really make the connection but uh, but yeah, like that's awesome. Like I, I'm so humbled by everyone's like support. Um, it's been great. I have an idea for you, uh, to maybe, sure. maybe make pull requests, uh, a bit more, uh, I guess, I don't know if the word is lucrative or just, uh, to do it, I guess, to, to actually help you contribute to cheddar and maybe just that the fact that they get to learn from your code and be a part of it is one thing, but um, you know, like some sort of incentive to do to to get a pull request accepted by you could be that they get something on Cheddar for free, 
or a lower cost, like you, you know, Twitter and uh, GitHub get free accounts because they're early adopters and they're they're sneezers, as uh, Seth Godin would say. Um, but in this case, like if you if you fork Twitter iOS and you add something substantial or a cool feature that gets accepted, maybe you give them you know a month free or a free account, whatever makes sense to you. Yeah, it's definitely like for sure. Um, the guy we were just talking about, like, I'm gonna like send him a shirt or give him an account right. or, or something. Do something um, special is what I'm trying to yeah, say. Yeah, absolutely. Um, because like, yeah, this is awesome. So, yeah, I mean, if I mean, what if they added if you got ten pull requests in the next month? I mean, that's not a big thing off of your back. Yeah, it might be a shirt off your back because you're giving away a shirt potentially, but um, you know, ultimately, you might just come out with more time to focus on. You know, integrating Mixpanel or focusing on conversions or, you know, looking at that gap between 14 and 50,000 a bit more and saying, you know, how can I and what can I do in between here and there to get there faster or better or with better adoption or even more active accounts or more ping accounts, you know? Yeah. Be kind of neat. Yeah. I, I was hesitant to do something like that because, like, evaluating a pull request takes some time. And I'm very picky about how I do things. Um, so, you know, like I'll merge in the request and then kind of tweak some things and change it how I would do it and, you know, go over it a little bit. It's not like a quick thing to just like merge it and move on. Right. You know, it, I want to make sure. Well, yeah, like, that green button there for a reason, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it didn't introduce any other bugs and, you know, like kind of test it a little bit. Um, so, I mean, it's definitely, you know, my time to, to implement or like to merge in some of these things. Um, so maybe once I have a better process for all of that, I'll make something a little more, you know, formal, but for now, I think I'm just gonna, you know, if you've done something valuable and you're helping out, you know, I'll send you a shirt or give you an account or something. So, well, cool. Let's, uh, let's, let's, uh, talk about something else. Um, I'll, I'll tee this one off in the best way I might know how recently you got a Nexus seven, which is kind of cool. You did the whole unboxing process like everybody else did. It was, it was crazy how hard that box was <laughs> to open up. So, I mean, it was, uh, it was kind of neat to watch you go through the, the same processes, but you know, you mentioned that, you know, making it to do app is pretty easy or that, you know, I can't remember exactly what words you use, but it wasn't like that, that big of a deal. And you wrote this post on, you know, boredom and change and, and you have a Nexus 7 now, so that's built on Android. You know, can we expect Android versions of Cheddar? Can we expect Android versions of anything from you? Yeah. So I don't know Android at all. Um, I installed the SDK, which was so painful. Like, I know it's just going to be terrible working with it. Um, I really don't like Java and just everything about it. I just don't like it all. But... The challenge of making a good Android app um, is pretty exciting. So, I don't know. Once I have free time, which who knows when that'll be, but um, I would, I'm definitely excited to work on on Cheddar for Android. Um, but I mean, it probably won't be for quite some time before I'll even begin on it. Um, but yeah, I mean. My my post was kind of saying I'm tired of iOS because I've been doing it for, like like we were saying last time, the maximum amount of of time possible since I started like when the SDK came out. Right. 
and uh, I, I I find myself enjoying writing like server code and like front end stuff like a lot more than iOS now, just because it's something new and exciting, and um, you know, I can see my like the results of my work a lot quicker versus like spend several weeks on an iOS update and submit it. And then, you know, a couple weeks later people get to finally use it and it takes forever to update and, you know, all that stuff. So I don't know. Um, I'm, I mean, I'm definitely not going to stop doing iOS anytime soon, but it's just, uh, you know, I'm not excited to write code just for the sake of writing code. Um, but yeah, I mean, so, but I'm excited to like learn something new and, and the challenge of making a quality Android product. Um, cause on my Nexus seven, like there's very few good apps. So I, I'd be excited to join the list of good apps on Android. Yeah. Uh, another, yeah, it kind of jumped in that one weird. I had a frog in my throat when I said that I was like, really weird. <laughs> my bad. Um, it, that leads into another topic, which we can just dive into as well. And this is a really popular blog post for you, which, you know, I think it's really awesome that you kind of said it so succinctly because I think a lot of people, they'll look to someone like you who's been established and has had the maximum amount of experience with iOS, you know, all these different <laughs> things about you. We, we've said in part one and part two here, uh, they look at you probably like, you know, you must have learned this from some sort of magical way, you know, and, you know, realize there's, you know, in the end, there's really nothing magical about what you've done. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, Love it. But, you know, you learn by doing, and you wrote this post uh, on how to learn. And I think this is so neat because, I, you know, I, I'm I, at, the whole time I'm reading it, I'm thinking, that's what I've done. You know, I've everything I've ever wanted to, to, to learn in life. I mean, even in school, you do the same thing, but you don't just like somehow get hit with a magic stick and suddenly you know Objective-C or whatever or learn how the web works or know how to, you know, look at data and find out what makes the most sense for conversion rates or whatever your your pain and pleasure is in the in this web world. But you got to figure out how to do it. So, I mean, learn by doing it. Is it that simple? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'll, I have a friend that's like, trying to learn iOS and he like bought a book. I was like, yeah, like get this book, get started, you know? And he's like spending like months on this like really simple project. Cause he's trying to learn how everything, every little thing works. And like, you know, he's like treating it like school. Like he's like studying and like, you know, trying to learn every little thing. And it's like, I mean, in, in college is even like one more step further of like terribleness of like, you know, like learning for the sake of learning, like while can sometimes be enjoying it, it's just like wholly useless. Um, I mean, like the best way to start is like, okay. And I, I have a friend that did this. He's like, I want to make an app that like sends a tweet. And I was like, I'm like, great. Like, you know, go do it. And he's like, all right. So he like found a book, he bought it. He like started doing it. Like, and then now it's on the store like a couple months later. And it's like amazing. Like the best way to, to do this is to just like, okay, I'm going to start. Like, what's the first problem? Okay. I don't know how to begin. Like Google, how to start iOS. Like, okay, I need to download Xcode. And like, okay, right. what next? Like I need to learn objective C. Like, okay. Like Google objective C, you know, like just start. Like, I feel like everyone's like thinking about learning or like talking about it. And like, it's kind of like a little frustrating and, or like before I think I wrote this post like years ago, like, 
my friends from high school were like, Oh, I, I wish I could do what you do, you know, because they'd see like, you know, like I get paid a lot as an engineer or used to. And, you know, like they're working retail or something out of right out of high school. And it's like, like, well, no, you don't. Like, if you wish you knew how to do it, like you would do, do it. it. Like, it's not hard. Like, just start. Um, I don't know. Or I mean, like even like Ruby on Rails, like I didn't know Ruby or Rails and like watched a 15 minute video and it was like this looks awesome and like downloaded it. And like by the end of the weekend, I had a blog running. Like I didn't know what I was doing at all. I had no idea, like even how to use Ruby. I just kind of like figured it out, like little things and like no idea what I was doing, but it worked and like awesome. And seeing that first time where you like made something that works is spectacular. Right. And now you're motivated to keep going versus like reading a textbook is like, Oh, this is so, so silly, you know? Anyway, that was my my rant for the week, I guess. It's like, just do it. And a bunch of people were like, this is amazing. I just ordered this book and I'm going to start like right now. And I'm like, great, like do it. What are you making? And they like tell me their little project. And it's like, awesome. Well, like I'm glad I can inspire somebody, I guess, by just like yelling at the internet. It's good. It's kind of <laughs> like your hello internet stuff. You're, you're not, you don't yell in that when you're pretty calm most times at least. <laughs> But yeah, you get to do your little rants here and there. And I think this was a really good post, honestly. I think that so many people make learning something or, or figuring out how to do something a real challenge. And honestly, we live in a uh, – Brian Tracy said it best, but he said it like 10 years ago. He, he said, we live in the best possible time of, of all time of, of the world. Like uh, 100 years ago, finding out how to do something was so much harder. You had to live within a 10-mile distance because – who wants to walk more than 10 miles to go learn some new task? You had to be an apprentice. You know, you had to dedicate years of your life. Like, it was what you did. But to learn nowadays, pop on YouTube, go to Google, Stack Overflow. Depending upon what you're trying to learn, it's knowledge is pretty accessible these days. Absolutely. Now, that's also considering if you're in the right kind of world. So, I mean, you could be in a third world country and, and have less access, but... For the most part, most well-to-do people in in the United States and in most um, prospering countries have pretty good access to knowledge and education. And if it's not formal education, it's definitely you know self-motivated education, like you're talking about here. Pick up a book. Yeah, books cost you know twenty, thirty bucks. Start to start. Yeah, I mean, if you have access. If you have the ability to read my blog post, then you have the ability to like yeah, go do. That's true. Yeah, you know? that's a good point. If if you read that post, then you're <laughs> you're in the that percent we talked about of of being in the U.S. or in a country that's prospering and and uh, have the ability. It's kind of funny. The footnote in that post was, uh, "Well, this works. This applies to most categories, but if you're a doctor, please don't learn by doing on me." <laughs> I thought that was actually a really good side note to that that post and yeah don't uh don't iteratively learn how to be a doctor by playing doctor <laughs> on me indeed that's uh that's totally true but you know in the tech community or like i mean even broader like you know i want to learn how to play guitar like go buy a guitar and like start making terrible noises until you like make something that doesn't sound terrible like you know take a lesson if you want to take a lesson. i mean like there's ways to like just go do i mean obviously it doesn't apply for every profession but like you know like I want to learn how to make a table. Like, all right, I'm going to go buy some wood and a saw. I'm going to make something that falls over and, like, figure out <laughs> what I did wrong and, like, make a table that doesn't suck, you know? Like, anyway, right. I could rant you, about this all day. You could go on, I'm sure. So, I mean, you seem like a pretty optimistic person, Sam. Yeah, I try to be. 
I guess. I don't know. I, I had a friend once tell me I was too optimistic. Uh, we were we were studying a company in high school together. Um, for, from the last episode, my my friend Sam, also named Sam, um, and like you know we were having like some financial trouble or like trying to figure this out or had no idea what we were doing. You're like, oh no, it'll be fine. We'll figure it out. Like we'll just do it. And he's like, no, we can't just do it. Like, what do you mean? Like, we gotta like have we gotta worry a lot about and, like, things. Do it and like, what's gonna happen? He's like, oh, don't worry about it. We'll figure it out. Like a friend hired us to write that YouTube ripoff I, I mentioned last time, and we had never done any like video encoding or like had no idea how to like work with video at all. I was like, oh yeah, we can build this, and he was like freaking out. And it's like, no, like we'll just like figure it out. It won't be that hard, and we did. I mean, it worked. So I don't know. I just kind of like. I think I don't worry kind of to an extreme because like I'm living on my savings and I'm making like very little money and it's kind of like, oh, whatever. I'll be all right. So, well, it's, I mean, we said in the last episode too, it's not as if, if this does fail, which, you know, like I said, cross our fingers, hopefully, hopefully it doesn't fail. But if it does, you still have opportunities. It's not like this is you're the, you're, you're at a brick wall. You just might not succeed at this one thing if it doesn't succeed. Indeed. It's not like your life is over. I mean, how old are you, Sam? I mean, you're pretty young, right? 23, yeah. 23. I mean, if you're if you're listening to this and, again, you didn't go back to listen to one and you're listening to two, you would have learned that Sam's 23 in the last episode. So <laughs> I asked that purposefully. But you're young. I mean, you're really young. And I don't mean like in a bad way, but you've got a lot of life to live. I'm 33. I'm, I'm 10 years older than you are. Hmm. So I know where you're at, you know, in your mindset in terms of how you look at life. And you've done so much stuff in the young age that you are, and you got so much opportunity ahead of you. I, 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 I'm not, I don't uh, blame you for having so much optimism, but at the same time, you have ambition, enough ambition to write a post that talks about retiring in two years. Yeah, I mean, like, growing up, I was telling my mom, like, hey, I want to retire at 25, and she just kind of, like, laugh at me, like, oh, that's nice, you know. Um, and uh, I don't know, I mean, it's... It's, uh, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't think it's impossible. I mean, I think I'll probably, it'll happen. And like, I got a ton of like people on Twitter, like going nuts, like saying that retire is the wrong word and they're correct. Like yeah. financial independence is, is the word. Cause like, I'm not going to stop making things like that's like so amazing. Like why would I stop doing yeah, that? Retire it's, makes me think of like a, a beach and, uh, you know, chilling and doing nothing. I mean, there would definitely be some of that. That's for sure. But uh, more often, I, yeah. I mean, I'd love to just like not have to worry about money and can work on like whatever I want to work on. And that was kind of like, okay, cheddar is the stepping stone to do this. Was like when I quit my last job. Like, this is what I want. This is what I wanted. Like, all right. So, you know, like that's why cheddar is a subscription and not like a one-time purchase. It's not for just to like make a bunch of money. Which, I mean, is obviously a good goal, but, like, it needs to be sustainable so I can, like, live off of it, you know? So, if I can get to the point, I mean, if my projections are even, like, remotely true, like, you know, I should totally be able to live off it in less than a year. Not, I mean, nonetheless, two years from now. Um, you know? Granted, if, like, something goes crazy and I sell it or something for, like, millions of dollars, and like, amazing. Like, I don't have to work for the rest of my life if I don't want to, like. That would be amazing. Um, so, I mean, not that I'm motivated by money, but, like, that would be a really cool thing to, like, like financial independence. Um, I'm much more, 
like I, I, I said in the post, money isn't exciting. Building a product is exciting. And like a bunch of people like that quote, but, yeah. um, it's, I mean, it's true, but granted, like being financially independent, would be pretty awesome. So I don't know. Yeah. I was actually going to pull out, uh, an excerpt. So just so the, the listeners of this show can kind of just hear some of what you've written. And what I was going to read was not that exact piece, but that, that whole paragraph where you say, you know, and I even kind of said this in a, a bit, a bit ago where I said, you know, you have tons of potential, you're young. So, I mean, you say here you have unlimited potential to move up, you know, what you're working on is super exciting. And you've always said that money isn't exciting, but building a product is exciting. And, and that if you had a job offer for a quarter of a million dollars, which is, you said $250,000, but I think it sounds better when you say a quarter of a million dollars. It's so much money. Yeah. yeah that's yes. a lot. That's a lot of money per year. I mean, a quarter of a million dollars per year, you know, you'd turn it down, you'd say in a heartbeat. And I, my, the whole point of reading all that is just really to read these last two sentences. You say, what am I going to do with that? Put a lot of money in the bank, I guess. I mean, at some point you've run out of things to buy. Totally. I, I don't know about the guys that started Google or, you know, what Zuckerberg's doing with his money or, well, I mean, the late Steve Jobs done with his money. But, I mean, there's only so much you can actually do with money. But there's a lot you can do with excitement and enjoyment of life. Yeah. Well, I mean... So like when I was working at Scribd and Hipsomatic, I was making, you know, a lot, especially comparing to like, you know, what I was making in like, you know, Texas or Oklahoma or something, you know, cause like it's so expensive out here. You know, like you, people get paid more and, uh, and there's like such high demand, you know, it, it's kind of ridiculous how much engineers get paid in San Francisco. But anyway, I was making a lot and it's like, I don't even know what to do with all this money. Like I just put it all in the bank. Like, <laughs> you know, I, I bought a ton of crap and like filled my little apartment because like and now it's empty. My, it's tiny, right? I mean, yeah, it was a different apartment. It was even smaller, but yeah, I mean, like, you know, like okay, I bought a bunch of stuff. Now what? Like, I guess I'll sell it all because I'm tired of looking at it. Like, I don't know. It's just like such a first world problem to have. Like, I have too much money. What am I going to do? Well, but, I can tell you something you could do with some money, but we'll talk about that later. All right. Um. Yeah, no, it's, yeah, you're right. It's, it's a first world problem. It's, it, I thought it was funny too when you, I mentioned earlier your Nexus 7 and you did uh, another Hello Internet video on this. And, I, you know, I think in the last show you said, you know, I have my desk and I have my bed. You said you miss a couch in part one. I do. So you're like, I miss my couch and I miss my Xbox and, you know, you had, but those things would distract you. So I can't imagine you missing them that much. But, you know, when I look at that Nexus 7 video, I'm like, Poor Sam. Like, this whole room behind him is completely empty. I see the bed <laughs> in the background, and he's looking at the the only thing in the room that he's in, which is the chair he's sitting on and the desk and yeah. other stuff. So I, I wasn't bummed out for you because you made that choice. It wasn't like somebody yeah. took it from you. You didn't get robbed. I mean, you chose to sell your stuff for the reasons, you know, that you're doing. You're, you're building nothing magical, and you're first product cheddar, and... The, the road you're on is by your own accord. Yeah, I mean, the last three months, I don't think I would have been nearly as productive building Cheddar had I had more stuff. Because um, literally all I would do is, like, get up and work on Cheddar and go to bed. Like, you know, maybe stop for lunch. But usually I just, like, eat while I was working. Because there's, like, nothing else in my apartment, like, literally, except my bed. So, um, What else can you do? Yeah, I mean, it's just like get up and kind of limited walk to, to, to laying in the bed. Right. Yeah, you're limited to laying in the bed or sitting at your desk. Yeah, so it's been good. I mean, now that things are out, I'd like to like 
I mean, I don't work as much as I was then, um, which is good. But I don't know. I'd like to slowly get back to normal. Um, I don't. I definitely don't want to have as much stuff as I did before. Not that I had a lot of stuff. I mean, people would always comment how like simple my apartment is, but um, I don't know. There's just like no need for you know like. I don't have to play video games to like be happy. <laughs> um, it's just like there's better things to do. There's uh, there's only two more things I, I want to really dive into before we close off this part too. Uh, unless there's anything specific that uh, that you want to talk about, the things I wanted to talk about were um, I want to talk about negativity because um, we haven't talked about any of the negative reviews you've gotten in the app store and how that impacts your motivation. And we really haven't talked about directly about any sort of lessons learned during this. I mean, we've, you, you blog about some things and those might be lessons learned, but I'm really curious, like, you know, what significant lessons you've learned that you can help the next person coming down the path you're coming down as well. So, I mean, I'll let you choose which one you want to go with first. Um, yeah, let's do negativity and we can and kind of see what I learned from from that. So the I, I don't know how much you look at the app store on uh, Apple's app store, but there's not a bad I mean, you got a three and a half star rating for um it's almost a four star, almost. And you know, it, it's not even like a bad thing to get some negative reviews, but some of the ones are, are pretty, pretty brutal. So I don't really read the app store reviews that often. Um, normally I'll read after a release briefly to make sure people aren't like having crazy crashes or something. Um, and I'll usually read towards the end of a release cycle. So like kind of go through and like look at all of them and like make sure that I address most of the problems and usually like Twitter or email is just a much nicer way of saying what all the reviews are saying and the reviews are just like mean for the sake of being mean. So I kind of try to stay away just cause it's such like a motivation killer. Just like all these people telling me how much they hate me. Um, and you can't reply on the app store. So it's like, you know, so it's like, oh, I can't edit a task. So I hate you forever. You know, it's like, well you can, and it's sorry. It's not more clear, but this is how you do it. You know? Um, so yeah. So I want to read, uh, just a couple cause I, I, I don't, uh, I'm curious about some of these. He, this one says, uh, the app only works if you have an internet connection, even worse, it costs six bucks per month, which is wrong. Indeed. Um, if you want to have more than two lists, that means $72 It's actually half that, right? That's what it would be. No, it'd be a third of that. A third of that. It's $20 yeah. for the year. Right, so it's twenty bucks a year. So he's wrong. So that means seventy two dollars a year for. I mean, I don't know. That one's totally misinformation because he's he's come in the review with the wrong kind of information. But I guess in general, rather than just like read a bunch of these, how do you deal with? I guess just in general negativity around what you're doing. Do you because you're so optimistic? We just said that, and, and you've got a lot of ambition. Do you let these things? Uh, weigh you down and how do you do you just like shrug them off or you just ignore them you know what's the best and I guess in answering this you're really telling other people who are looking at you saying you know Sam you've done this pretty well what can I learn from you know what you've learned yeah I mean everyone's gonna 
being negative, especially like on the app store, like hacker news or even on Twitter, like, you know, people are just mean, um, for no reason. I feel like everyone's feels like they're entitled for whatever reason to have all of this software that is flawless and free. And I mean, that's obviously not the case. So I don't know. I kind of just don't worry about it because it's like, there are people who complain about the price. I mean, that guy's complaining about the price. And if it was that price, I would probably complain too, but he's like totally wrong because he didn't read the screen. Um, but you know, like if someone like, I get a lot of people are like, Hey, it's so expensive. Like I can't, pay two dollars a month like it needs to be one dollar one time or free and it's like well like i bet you th- you lose more than two dollars a month in just like losing pocket change you know like that is such a minimal amount of money then like it yeah like what uh, like you have an iphone like you clearly are well off like you can afford two dollars a month if this is valuable to you then like it you know paid. right i mean and people are like well, the other ones are like one time. It's like, well, all the other ones aren't a syncing service, you know? Um, like the only other one that I know of or that comes to off offhand is like Remember the Milk and like that's the same thing. You pay a subscription. Um, that's been around forever too. Yeah, I mean I use that like in, gosh, like 08 or something. So It's been around for like at least six years I would say. Yeah. And they do a really great job at hitting every platform. Like I don't know. I used to be a big fan but it didn't really work for my workflow so I – quit using it anyway um yeah i just kind of i don't know i just don't let it bother me that much i don't really like i don't know i just like oh whatever they hate me like there's probably nothing i can do to say to that person to make them like like me or my product and that's okay um and i I, at first a lot of people on twitter would like this is so stupid i can't believe this and then like i'd reply like hey i'm sorry you don't like it you know like is there anything I can do? And they'd like instantly be like way nicer just because I was listening, you know? And that's what's really unfortunate with the app stores because I can't like let people know I'm there to help as easily, you know? So what do you think, uh, what do you think Apple can do about this? I mean, it seems like a, a trend across any, any app developer that, you know, they have these reviews that, I mean, I have to admit if I see no reviews or I only see a small amount of reviews, or, you know, a, a low star rating, e- even if a friend suggested it to me, I would probably question buying it just because do I really need it? Yeah. Do I want to spend two ninety nine, even though it might be really affordable to me? I mean, considering it's three bucks and you just said it's, you know, you lose that much in pocket change, which is, is very true. I do look at those reviews, though. I mean, it, it's got to be a sad thing to be in that place. And then plus you're giving Apple 30% of your revenue. To you know, to be in a place where they can you know have these skewed reviews and it's totally against you, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's really unfortunate. Like, there's, I mean, they don't care is the the bottom line. Because if you think about the engineers that work on like iTunes Connect and that whole thing, they've worked at Apple for like you know ten plus years, and they've never submitted an app to the store, like. They don't care. They work at Apple, and this is what they're told to do, so they do it. You know, like, no one's, on the other hand, like, you know, like, I'm using Cheddar every day. So I was like, oh, this is annoying. I'm going to fix it. But, like, no one at Apple is really, they don't use the apps. They don't submit things to the App Store because they work at Apple. They work on the App Store. I think that's the root of the problem. Um, 
this is like, I'm sure they don't really realize how much of a problem it is. Or even if they do, they just don't care because they're making money anyway. Um, but yeah, it's unfortunate. I mean, I mean, I wish I could reply or at least like have the option to email them or something like, hey, I'm sorry. Like, you know, even if you hate me, like, you know, sorry. Be a little nicer about it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, I mean there's Be a, a couple about people on hate. Twitter like, you know, this guy sent me this like literally seven point email. It was like super long. Like, these are all the reasons why your product is terrible. I was like, okay. And I replied to all of them. Like point by point, and it was like, you know what? I'm sorry if you don't like it, and it sounds like your needs, like you want something that's a little different. Like I recommend trying these two other apps, you know, like, um, you know, thanks for trying Cheddar. And he never replied, but you know, whatever. I don't know. I mean, there's no reason for me to be a jerk to you. So like, if you're a jerk to me, I'm still gonna be nice to you. Um, I don't know. All right, well, let's talk about lessons learned then. Since we're this far into the podcast, this is the the last topic we'll hit on um, before we we say uh, goodbye for part two. And um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if there'll be a part three. Maybe in the future, <laughs> who knows? I mean, we weren't sure there was gonna be a part two before we when we did part one. I actually went back and renamed the show part one because I knew part two was coming up. So the first one was not named part one at first, and that's just how it worked out. But um. You know, lessons learned. I think this is a big one because you've been down this path of four years, and it's not just what you've done at Nothing Magical, but I guess a- across your entire development career. And some of these things you've recently shared on your blog, like um, you know, just in terms of how to learn, and and you're very open about what you're doing and what's going on. So I'm not sure if there's anything that's you know totally on your mind about what you've learned, but lessons learned is a, is a huge thing. What have you learned over this past bit that it's, you know, if somebody sat you down and said, you know, Sam, what are the keys to the kingdom? What have you learned? How can I not make some of the mistakes you've made? What would you tell them? I mean, I think the biggest thing is work on things that you care about. I've spent an enormous amount of time working on things that I don't care about and just like don't matter in general. Um, and I feel like that's such a waste of time. I mean, especially if you're in you know, like the tech industry, like everyone's hiring. You have the option to like go anywhere and can get any job. It's not like it was like, you know, 20 years ago where it was like, this is the job you have and like, you're lucky to have it and you should keep it, you know? Um, I don't know. I mean, I've spent a lot of my development or career not excited about what I was doing. Um, I, I think part of it was, I didn't really like writing code was exciting, so it didn't matter as much. But now that I like, I guess I've outgrown that. I don't know. I feel like making something that is valuable and important and that I care about is like, well, like way more rewarding than just like typing. Um, I think that's like, if I had come to that realization sooner, I think I'd be, like, not that I was like miserable my whole career, like by any means, it was, it's been great, but I, I feel like I would have been even more happy and enjoyed it had I like realized this sooner. Um, cause like for a while I'd like get bored and switch jobs and like, I was like, well, I guess it's just what I do. I just get bored. I don't know. But I feel like this was the reason. Um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> this is the reason, huh? Right, what, um, 
what have you learned, I guess, about being on your own, being that, uh, being that island, being the person that sets priority, the being the person that's, um, you know, up late at night looking at some of the emails and waking up early in the morning and seeing some of those emails from, from users and, you know, dealing with, or maybe not dealing with, maybe just ignoring some of the app reviews you're getting. What, what can you learn from some of those processes? So staying motivated is like absolutely the number one like thing. Um, it's easy to like, I don't know, like, cause I don't have anyone telling me what to do. I mean, like users complain, but like, you know, I can just take today off and it doesn't matter. Like no one's going to know or care. And at first I wasn't super motivated or productive after like the first week of wearing off, like, Hey, I'm working on cheddar. Um, and getting into a rhythm of working and this is important. And like, I have to go to work today just like everyone else. And all of that was like, once I got that down, I, I was like way more productive and happier and like less stressed out about like managing my time. Um, yeah, it's been like, that's, that's been really important and like working on something you care about, obviously. Cause like that keeps me motivated, like seeing everyone's reaction to what I do is like the best part of my day. Like, you know, even if it's a little future and all like, Hey, I did this little thing. And like, you know, one person replies like, Hey, thank you so much. Like, I love this. And I'm like, like, awesome. Like, I'm glad I can make this one guy happy that I've never met. And, um, I don't know. That's kind of, I guess like what keeps me going. Uh, yeah. <laughs> There's, um, I, I was going to read a little section of this article, which I haven't fully read. Um, that was recently, July 30th, actually. It says, why following your passion is bad for business. And you said you have to be, I don't think you use the word passionate, but follow. I think you said, what was the word you used for the first part of your, your answer to that? You have to uh, care about it or be excited care about, about it. it. Yeah, be excited about it, care about it, be passionate. Same thing. Yeah, and this, he says, you know, why following your passion is really bad for business. And I'll, I'll read just a quick excerpt from this because it's, it, I kind of resonate with this a little bit. And uh, I'm just kind of curious what your perspective is on this. He says, the ugly truth is that the topics that most people are most passionate about are the ones that lead straight into an abyss. In other words, many would-be founders, many would-be founders, are driven by passions that, in a business sense, are a sweet poison bound to kill you while you still can't get enough of it. And it doesn't help that many bystanders encourage the addicted to go on sipping. For that reason, the one that has to, or sorry, for that reason, that one has to stick with one's passion, right? It's kind of, it ends a little weird there, but he kind of goes on to saying some different things, but mm. what do you think about that? Just like, do you, do you think following your passion could be an abyss? I totally disagree. I mean, if you're working on something just to make money, that's like so unexciting. Like, I mean, I guess like my blog post earlier, like working on something you're excited about and you know, that's like so much better than trying to make a buck. I mean, granted, like, if I didn't care about money at all, like 100% of sure to be open source and I do it all for free and just like give it to everyone and, you know, like that would be great. But like that's, I mean, there's a balance there. But I think like, you know, like the, the stuff I want to make next, 
I'm super excited about, and I think other people will be too. And I can't imagine making something I'm not passionate about. Like that would be terrible. <laughs> what would I, what would I even work on? Like pick a product I hate and then start on it. Like <laughs> that just sounds horrible. I don't know. I mean, maybe I'm like missing his, his context or overall point or something, but, um, I mean, I 100% disagree with that. Hey, he starts it off with saying, you know, be in love with what you do, but don't be blind. Yeah, I mean, that's solid advice. But, yeah, I don't know. I mean... Like, if you're really passionate about walking off of cliffs, that's going to be a bad thing for you, right? <laughs> Yeah, I mean... <laughs> I, I feel like if you're looking at this from, like, the lens of a startup, then it's, like, pretty good advice. But that's just a really terrible way to look at business in general. I mean, like... The acquisition lottery is stupid, right? I mean, like, so Instagram got bought for a billion dollars. Great. You know how many other companies failed last year? Like, tons, right? So, like, I know a ton of companies. I love love the way you said (laughs) that. Did you just make that up? Uh, I've been saying it for a little while. I I don't know if I heard it somewhere or if I came up with it. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. I mean, that's what it is, right? I mean, like. I worked at a bunch of places like, I hope Google buys us. I hope Google buys us. And then like, we'll come out with a competing product. And I was like, oh, they're like so defeated. Like they have no reason to like do anything now. And it's like, this is so dumb. Like make something and charge for it and be sustainable. Like, I don't know. I'm just so burnt out on like the whole startup mentality. I know like it has its no, I'm place. With you. I think that's silly to like go into business to build something with the expectation or even anticipation that one of the big guys and naming no names will buy you. Yeah. Then what? Yeah. I mean like now you have gold handcuffs for two years and you made a bunch of money and now you can go do it again. Like that's such a terrible way to live. I don't know. Like, I mean, cause I recall somebody on the show said that once before. I think it's, man, I'm going to have to go ahead and speak. I'll think about who it was. Cause it was a really uh, good interview here on Founders Talk that they said the same thing. Like, you know, he took, he, he had a chance to make a bunch of money and then went, um, and did nothing for like a month and hated life and had to, it was Dan Martell. Dan Martell said that he was oh, nice. working hard on something and made a bunch of money, sold his first company. And I mean, a, a bunch of money, meaning, you know, to us, I don't know what, what your pockets are like, but let's <laughs> say it's a quarter million dollars. Okay. You know, considering yeah, that's yeah, the that's salary you think you'd want to turn down. Let's say it's a quarter million dollars. Let's say he made just that much money. He went and was like, I don't have to work for, you know, as long as I want. Maybe I can take off the next year and, and then plan differently. But 30 days later, like literally 30 days later, he was like, I hate my life. This is horrible. Why would I not work on something? And I think, you know, it's it says it says in the Bible that man is supposed to work on something, right? We're supposed to be productive and passionate about something. So I guess that that's just answering my own question, which is, you know. What what have you learned and, and why would you follow your passions? Hmm. It's funny. I actually interviewed at his company when I was trying to move to San Francisco. Is that right? Full town? Yeah. I interviewed a bunch and then they never like called me back. It's like, oh, that's kind of a jerk move, but whatever. Their loss. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, but then they went out of business. So I was like, oh, I guess dodged a bullet there. But Did they got a business though or did they get sold? I thought Flowtown like totally failed and they started something else. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they sold. But I know for sure Flowtown's not around anymore. The story I heard, at least, and it was that they were acquired. Okay. It was an acquisition. The details of that acquisition and whether or not it was extremely profitable is another story. Cool. 
Well, you know, hopefully it was could good. be. Because I, I, mean, I feel like everything I see from him was great, but then, like, every time I, like, I'm like, oh, yeah, he never, like, called me back. Like, jerk. But whatever. <laughs> I'm sure he's great. Uh, yeah. Well, we're mean, all busy, right? We're all busy in our own ways, and, you know, he could have just, yeah, yeah just who knows why. Like, 21-year-old kid in Texas, like, trying to It program. wasn't your path, Sam. That's the thing. It wasn't your path. Indeed. Yeah. You may not be where you're at today had you taken that job. Yeah. Probably not. Right? So, no, yeah. I, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I think that that about wraps it up. I don't have any more topics on my, on my list. I think uh, we got most of the ones we wanted to talk about out. Um, we've thoroughly learned about your personal life in part one. We've thoroughly learned about your business model pricing and reasons all behind it for Cheddar Now, how you open sourced it, potentially maybe not getting an offer from somebody else to buy you or <laughs> buy part of you or whatever, and that's your own little subject we'll leave there. Do you want to talk about that real quick? If, you know, I'll, I, I don't want to say anything you don't want to say. So whatever you want to say about that subject, you are welcome to, sir. Well, I'll leave names out of it. Um, I'm not sure how public this should be. But basically, they said they wanted to buy a Cheddar um, like two weeks in, which is like, wow, I guess I'm doing something right. You know, if someone like already wants to buy it. And, uh, so I like talked to them and like flew out to their office and, um, you know, they, turns out they weren't really interested in cheddar. They just wanted to like, like make me an offer and like offered me their CTO and like wanted me to like start an office in San Francisco and hire a bunch of people. And it was like an amazing offer. I was like, well, I had just turned down like another great offer. Get up. Right. To like do what I'm doing. And it's like, as tempting as this is, like, because it came with like a, a bunch of money um, or like they didn't get name any specifics, but it sounded like they were ready to like really open their wallets to get me. Um, and I was like, ah, I just, I just don't care. Like what would I do if they gave me like half a million dollars to like join? Like what would I even do with that? Like I would just be working on something I'm not as excited about. Like I want to work on something I'm excited about. And like that is my own thing right now. Um, so it was like easier than I thought to turn down. Like, cause if you'd asked me like a year ago, like here's half a million dollars and an amazing title at a really cool company. Like I'd be like, yes, where do I sign? You know? Um, that, granted I had no idea if it's half a million dollars. I'm just like picking a number, but, right. um, I don't know. It was interesting. I, I it's funny. Like I, I find myself doing this a lot, like surprising myself. If I was like telling myself like six months or a year ago, like, that I would be like six months ago, if I was like, "Hey, I turned down an offer from GitHub," and be like, "What are you doing, future Sam? Oh, do- this is silly. Like, how? Why? You know? Why would you do this? Yeah, I know, but uh, I don't know. It's interesting. Like, and it, like it got me. It was really distracting. Like, I was like, maybe I should try to sell it and like start on the next thing or like go after funding. Like, it, it was like very uh, disruptive to like how I was just like even like thinking about everything I'm doing. And, um, I still don't know if I want to, well, I mean the motivation to get money is totally different than the motivation to sell. The motivation to get money is to get more people just so it's more fun. But, um, I don't know. It it was a very interesting experience. Um, I'm really glad I like talked to him more instead of just like, no, like leave me alone. Um, but but yeah, I don't know. Hopefully that's interesting. (laughs) Well, since you're so good at uh, predicting the future for yourself, where 
And this is like the the classic question, right? Like, where <laughs> do you see yourself in five years, Sam? There was a uh, a comic I saw recently, and like it was like that was the first like panel, and the next panel was like them sitting there, and the guy had like a giant beard, and he's like, "Bam, right here," you know. It was pretty funny, but um, I don't know. I mean, like, gosh, Let's see, I'll be twenty eight. Well, how instead of saying where will you be. Let's do it from a, a setting goals perspective. Where okay. would you like to be five years oh, from now? Oh, that's good. I like that. Um, I mean, I'd like to be um, running a profitable company that's exciting and I'm doing what I want to do. And I'd love to own a house in San Francisco, um, which is an enormous goal because it's like, it's just ridiculous here. But um, I don't know. I don't really have a lot of... A lot of stuff. I've been, because like, for the longest time, my goal has been to like do my own thing, and and now I'm I'm doing it. I mean, I guess the next goal is to like be financially independent in two years or a year and a half. Um, but beyond that, I haven't really like thought about it too much. Um, you think about changing the world in any way besides just like you know. It's the same question that you learn whenever somebody says, "Hey, you know, they meet you for the, for the first time." They're saying, "You know, you're introducing yourself," and then, "Hey, I'm I'm Adam," and and "Hey, I'm Sam." And I say, "Oh, yeah. what do you do, Sam?" And instead of telling me what you do for life and and passion and what you get excited about, instead you tell me your job title and who you work for, or even that you you know what your job title is and that you work for your own company. You know, I guess in that sense, what do you what do you want to do? Hmm. I've never really been like I used to introduce myself when people like I'd go to meetups and stuff like oh yeah I wrote this app called Bible I don't know if you've heard of it um it's kind of like a humble brag you know and uh for a long time now I'm just like you know hi I'm Sam like hey what do you do oh you know I software stuff I make stuff you know I'm really I don't really like to like brag about what I'm doing I don't know but I mean, I guess in in five years, not to like, I mean, I doubt I'd introduce myself this way, but you know, I'd love to just like be running a company with my friends and you know, be making great products that lots of people use. I mean, like, it'd be really cool to work on Instagram because like everyone uses it. You know, like I don't know, it was cool when I was working Hipstamatic. Like, oh yeah, I've heard of that. I I used to use that. I'm like, oh cool. You know, like. You know what I do, you know, versus like, you know, like if right. I told my mom, hey, I work at Instagram, she'd be like, oh, I love that app. You know, like I, I use that to take photos of whatever, you know, but if right. I was like, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm a, you know, programmer at some startup you've never heard of. Like, oh, cool. Okay. So, uh, you know, like immediately change it. Like, now where do you go from there? Yeah. Right? I mean, it'd be cool to like make something that people use. I don't know. That's the dream, right? Right, that is a dream. I think it's a good dream to have, for uh, for sure. I think it's uh, all of our dreams in, in some way to, to have an impact. Change the world. Right, yeah, change the world in our own way, in whatever way that makes you happy. But, uh, Sam, it's it honestly has been a blast having you back on for part two. Hopefully, all of you listeners have enjoyed this part two. I want to say thanks just to Sam for being open and honest about uh, cheddar revenue numbers. I mean, I think it's it's honorable of you to to come on the show and and not hide and you know be open about what you're doing and 
and have no fear in your pursuit of, of your dreams. It's awesome. Thanks so much. It's been amazing.